Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast. Hello, we have Austin. Here in, oh, my gosh. We just talked before I hit record about interjecting, and Trevor just jumps in immediately. Okay. He, he knows what he's doing when he does this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast here with uh, Good News Church as well as Rockbridge Church, the partnership podcast ministry we're doing. Mm, that's um, catchy. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I feel like we're kind of like the band in Parks and Rec where we change our name. Uh, any Parks and Rec fans? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about with Chris yeah. Pratt. Yeah, yeah, where we change our name like every other podcast. Right, uh, right. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever had a consistent name, um, but Podca- what was it? Podcast partners? Is that what you just saying? Yeah, name partners name? in podcast ministry was what no, I that said. Sounds, that but, sounds really cheesy. Yeah, I know. Podcast. Partners. Okay, can I can I do the introduction now, Trevor? <laughs> This is Trevor Kennedy, everybody. What's up? There we go. Uh, we have David McMahon as normal with us. Hello. Okay, that was a little weird. Uh, I'm Austin Taylor, as always, uh, the voice of reason in the midst of this. And we have a special guest with us, our dear friend and beloved person, Tavon Williams. Sure. And I was going to introduce Tavon. Uh, we'll oh, let you give a shout out in a second. <laughs> Tavon is, is one of the partners at Rockbridge, but I know that he has come and... Uh, He's uh, participated with some stuff at Good News, too. And uh, Tavon, a couple of years ago, moved down here from New York and sent me an email. said, hey, I'm looking for a church. So I said, Tavon, we got a great one. And uh, he's regretted his decision ever since. Right, Tavon? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> no comment. Did you see that, David? Yeah, you yeah, just no. brushed past it. Fun fact about Tavon is he had to follow me around all summer last summer. Um, I did. He, I did. He survived. I did. Thank, thank, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, on uh, I have a reputation as a very terrible driver, and so anyone who spends uh, extended time with me in my car, uh, they actually get closer to Jesus. <laughs> you had announced Could, it in church that one time, so there you go. If social distancing like is lessened and we don't have to be six feet apart, you think we could record a podcast, Austin? while david is driving us well i i I think we already should have done that because we just did finish our series on near-death experiences (laughs) so i think it might be a little bit late for it Uh, dude that would have been that actually wouldn't really funny it would have been really funny that would have been hilarious tavon thank you for joining us we're super happy to have you here much obliged much obliged and, and Tavon is a, a singer, a lover of music, uh, and uh, he's going to share some of his experiences as we talk about gospel music today. Yes, sir. Yeah, he, I, uh, Tavon, I believe that uh, I came, I actually realized what had happened with the polling a little bit late, but Facebook, uh, for those that weren't following it, uh, you had a very, uh, I don't know, opinionated comment, I would say, that really, like, people, it sparked a big discussion, and so, and actually kind of flipped the tables a little bit, apparently, on the voting uh, for mm. some of the gospel songs. So apparently... You no, know, people... I literally never knew. I did not know that because I didn't, like, follow up. Uh, like I said before, I think it's because people had to think about it. Like, they read my comment and they thought about it. They had to, like, maybe look at the two songs, even listen to them, and then they kind of see where I was coming from. Yeah, That's I wonder... Cool. I genuinely wonder how much of this uh, is people at their gut reactions choosing a song they know and love. And then they encounter new music through this, and then their opinion changes a little bit, you know? Because I feel like that's probably... Or is Tavon just a social media influence? Yeah, that's probably the second one. That's probably the... <laughs> yep. So for those of you all that don't know what we're talking about, we are, if you're just tuning in and don't know at all what this is or anything like that, and or 
or just forgot, we are doing a, a worship bracket challenge where we are pitting songs, worship songs of different genres and categories against each other. And putting it to the vote amongst our community to just say, what do you think is the best song, uh, March Madness style? And so we are in the middle of the first round, and it's been very great. It's been a good discussion, great songs. A lot of there's been some surprises at times. Uh, Trevor, why don't you give us an update on how that bracket is looking? Yeah. So our play-in game, um, when we couldn't decide which kind of contemporary song to uh, would make the bracket, uh, would was "So Will I" versus "Build My Life." Um, David brought "So Will I" kind of as a um, I guess piece that's real popular and kind of uh, meaningful to people now. I unfortunately brought build my life thinking that it is kind of a open the gate uh, for some other musicians and worship leaders to um, share their giftedness. Uh, apparently the people think so will I is a much better song. 56% of the uh, people um, were paid by David. Um <laughs> I will say, though, Trevor, that I am a fan of Build My Life now because of that. And I, I really haven't been introduced to the song, so I'm excited to sing it in worship and, and enjoy it that way. Well, I'm glad I could influence you if you had to pay 56% of the other people. Um, so that was the play-in. And then we started with the number one seed in uh, the top left corner in our um, just kind of traditional hymns. Uh, we had Amazing Grace versus Come Thou Fount. I was kind of surprised. If, I don't know if y'all were. Uh, Come Thou Fount actually took, as the 16 seed, took 40% of the vote, um, which kind of, I don't know, like I said, surprised me. I didn't, I don't know why. There, there's going to be a recurring theme that uh, the general populace tends to go differently than what Trevor <laughs> thinks. Uh, throughout this. Okay, so we're only two songs in. You can't say that yet. Okay, well, um, just, just maybe other people will notice and, and notice that Trevor doesn't have a feeling on the pulse of worship music in the congregation. But it could be that 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 he's just so unique and distinct that he, he has a hard time relating. We're going to go with that second option. Um, the second song uh, in the um, kind of traditional hymn section was an eight seed versus a nine seed silent night versus it is well i've got to say i thought that uh silent night just with the christmas eve experience and the traditions and the lighting the candle um and holding um you know just that whole thing uh that's a special moment for me i thought silent night would kind of be a stronger contender but it is well took 72 percent of the vote uh, thoughts on that guys I mean, I was completely wrong. I thought Silent Night would win in a landslide, and I got, I, I, I'm looking like a fool now. I guess I underestimated. Like, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I feel like it as well is something that really people have found comfort in in the church. It is kind of the go-to along with Amazing Grace of comfort and peace, and so um, I feel like I underestimated that portion of it. I'm wondering if part of it is the time that we're in too. Um, maybe, yeah. I'd love to hear Tavon jump in on this one too, but uh, if we did this at Christmas, Silent Night might have done, done well, but because it as well really resonates with the situation we're in, maybe that's the reason that people voted on it. For sure, for sure. Um, so in our 
David, could you give us a quick update? Do you have our brackets pulled up? Did any of us have Come Thou Fount or It Is Well moving on since we have a little side bet going on? Um, give me a, I'll pull it up. Give me a second. Okay. Um, moving into, uh, I believe this is the Wesley section. Does that sound right? Hark the Herald Angels Sing versus Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Yep. Um, a four versus a 13 seed. What what do y'all think were the results there? I think Hark the Herald Angels sang one. My wife was very, was very disappointed because she loves Come That Long Expected Jesus. And Austin, apparently, isn't Come That Long Expected Jesus the song you wanted to do during Lent 2 on, uh, on Good Friday? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big proponent of using Advent music of the coming of Jesus during Holy Week. Because I think that it lets you sit in this real big sense of despair because it lets you connect with the expectation that everyone around Jesus had for what he represented and the pain that they experienced at that loss. So I do. Yes. Yes, definitely. That song as well as Oh Come, O Come, Emmanuel are ones that I love to do on Good Friday um, because it really just kind of twists the knife in people when they're feeling the sadness of Good Friday. So Never thought I heard, heard twist the knife in the midst of a worship podcast. Yeah, I mean, that, can we edit that out? That probably was not the most uplifting thing. Um, but three quarters of the people disagree with you, Austin. Uh, at seventy four percent, hark the herald angels sing. Um, okay, I have a I have a bracket update. So all of us chose Silent Night. Um, yeah. And you chose. Okay, no, wait, no, we don't need to go in further. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> you chose come thou uh, long expected Jesus to make the final four. So, <laughs> okay, you just you just made fun of me. You're the one that put it. I put Hark the Herald Angels Sing and said it was going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think come thou long expected Jesus definitely bops, but uh, apparently the people disagree. You, your your whole um, can we mute David right now? Is can we mute David? <laughs> <laughs> moving on All right. next um, yeah christ the lord is risen today verse oh for a thousand tongues to sing what are y'all's thoughts on that one i really like um christ the lord is risen today that's one of my favorite easter hymns like i feel like that's the first hymn i have to hear when i come to go to church on easter because mm. it's because it like it's it's just the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Epitome of Easter music. Mm. Mm. I, I agree. Way. Can, can you way. start, Tavon, can you pour some more salt into the wound since Austin did not play that on Easter Sunday this year? Wow. Um, I, know. I do think uh, that people seem to be choosing the standard for all season hymns over the time-focused hymns. Because once again, Kressler is really not... Are. When? Yeah, I mean, so we'd expect Christ the Lord. I I especially thought it just being in the Easter season, uh, which and this was actually a closer vote. Oh, four thousand tongues uh, had fifty four percent of the vote. Um, yeah, and that's what I so expected what... for sure. But I I will say I agree with Tavon that my my personal preference is Christ the Lord is risen today. I think that it's inseparable with Easter a lot of the time, but I definitely 
thought that people would choose over a thousand tongues to sing. Um, yeah, and and I may have a huge uh, part of that because when I shared it personally, because I've been personally sharing each and every one like on my own page, and I definitely told everyone to vote for over a thousand tongues to sing. Voter manipulation. Are you kidding me? I I don't care that this was the same choice as me. This is oh, this is scandalous. Well, I, I'm just using my I use my personal page that I shared it to, uh, that uh, which you're all welcome to do. Share the song to your personal page. I didn't use the church's page, but my personal page, and said, hey, let's do over a thousand times. So confession, just because we're going to skip one and it fits with confession and then we'll go back to we shall overcome versus wait in the water. Um, Today I may have posted about the old rugged cross versus oh happy day um, matchup. And I might have posted a video of a good friend of mine, Ken Nelson, singing oh happy day. Um, And I'm not saying I swung the vote, but right now, as we record, Oh Happy Day is 63% of the vote. I can't believe you people. I can't. And yet, yet, Trevor, you you said Rugged Cross would not only be Oh Happy Day, but... Okay, shh! We shall... Why are you you, uh, sabotaging yourself? You know, see, the thing about the songs that bop is you they just bop in the moment. So when I was filling out the bracket, what was bopping at the time may not be bopping today. You know what I'm saying? This is why you've gotten almost all of them wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to drag me down with you (laughs) to be fair with your voter manipulation. Oh, my gosh. So we, we talked. We kind of introduced this idea. Um we had as the two seed in the gospel or two seed overall, but the one seed in the gospel region, we had, we shall overcome versus um, wade in the water. It was honestly, this was an interesting one to watch kind of throughout the day. Uh, Wade in the water kind of took off to a hot start. And I'm not saying once again, anyone swayed the vote, but as we may have mentioned, uh, our good friend Tavon may have shared some, uh, expressed an opinion. And then uh, now that the voting or the polling has stopped, We Shall Overcome has uh, won that by uh, 61 to 39. Can you can you share that opinion and share a little bit about the song We Shall Overcome? Because I just thought it was really relevant to, to the kind of discussion we'd had a few weeks ago. So where I live in White Plains, there's this place called the Westchester Martin Luther King Institute for Nonviolence. And White Plains is a place that's very for things like racial justice and social justice. So um, the church that I attended, Bethel Baptist Church, is primarily um, made up of African-American members. So a lot of the time you would hear things a lot about racial justice as well. So um, I would go to different events or different places things in churches and different uh, places in White Plains. You know, we had uh, a candlelight day when Orlando happened. Uh, we have lots of things that happened in January in honor of Martin Luther King. And a lot of the time, We Shall Overcome will be sung, like every time. So I, if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong, um, 
We Shall Overcome was written by Charles Tindley. Am I right? He's the author of that. Uh, yeah. That so, so it originally was written as I Shall Overcome. Uh, and then uh, when it was originally written by Tindley, yes. And then it was adopted as uh, adopted and adapted to We Shall Overcome. Yes. Okay. Um, because of certain things that happen in the world or in the community that have a lot to do with um, everyone in the community or everyone in the world, that our, our prayer would be that um, it would be really just. Um, we sing that a lot because our hope is that one day we will overcome. I feel I'm, I I remember that sermon that you preached that one time, Pastor David, Christmas Eve, where um, where you were preaching, "Are we there yet?" And how the birth of Jesus changed the world's you know social order. That's right, but but that we're not there, and what we need to do to get to the point where we're where Jesus wants us to be. Yeah, and I think we lost Tavon a little bit in the middle of that. Tavon, you're back. Okay. It it's kind of like a mantra, and one day we will overcome this. That's I think that's the point of of, of that song. Yeah, and we yeah. were we were talking about before we got started recording today how important the song is uh, for our country because some people tend to think that uh, we have this whole rights movement and everything is is the way it needs to be, but it's clearly not. And it's never been more clear than this week when we had a young black man who was just simply out on a job and and two people out there, two white guys, who decided to take justice in their own hand because there had been some random burglary in their community and it probably wasn't even this young man. And and now uh, this man, Ahmed, Ahmed Arbery, and I'm probably saying his name wrong, has been shot to death. And uh, the two people who did it are not even in jail. And... Um, I think that's incredibly tragic that that's still a reality today. You know, I, a few years ago, I participated a little bit with the Black Lives Movement at Charleston State University. And uh, that really helped me because, you know, coming from as a white person from a small town, there was a lot I needed to learn. And so I started attending some of their meetings and just hearing from them and hearing the racism that they had all experienced. And it was amazing to me that here are these people all under 22 years old, all of them had experienced racism, not not someone that they had heard it, but each person had experienced it directly in their life. Hmm. Yeah, and so just to just to kind of summarize, because I know Tavon's audio was a little bit choppy in that, uh, we're struggling with this connection. Um, yeah, th- so the significance of this really lies in the way that it's been used uh, within oppressed communities uh, to talk about. Uh, this group collective overcoming of things, which I think is something that uh, Christians can acknowledge and see uh, within the church and outside the church as, uh, as these places of oppression do exist. Um, and We Shall Overcome, uh, I think, expanded in a unique way from that I Shall Overcome personal perspective that uh, I think a lot of us that may be listening, or at least I know myself, um, that personal spiritual grind or whatever you want to call it, uh, journey trials, uh, when that is expanded to an entire group of people, I think it's amazing the power that song has had to uh, open itself up just by changing I language to we language and allowing for a tremendous amount of hope and peace in the midst of things. And so um, clearly, as David said, 
still present today, still necessary today, that piece and the things that this song can offer. So 100% agree. I'm really happy. That's why I put it as a one seed. I felt like the significance of it historically and even today is just uh, so strong that that was kind of my nod to that. Uh, and I'm glad it won. Uh, as much as I love Wade in the Water, uh, I've done a couple of really awesome choral versions of that. But I do think uh, that, that that song, We Shall Overcome, is an amazing example of the way gospel music has been used um, by the people, for the people, inside and outside of the church uh, to uh, really provide for people and to connect people to God in a unique way that maybe other genres and styles, uh, it's not that they can't, but they just haven't uh, in the same way. I have a great question. I don't know if it's a great question, but that sounds bad. I have a question for you, Austin, and throw <laughs> way into you and Tavon if, if you're you're connected better. But if talking about that that journey from going from I shall overcome to we shall overcome and how much more powerful it is by saying we shall overcome, why does so much worship music focus on I language instead of we language? And worship is a we thing, not an I thing. I mean I have a well, I have uh, a the worship leader answer that one. i have a textbook answer for that um but i don't even know if the textbook answer is really the satisfactory answer for that so uh tavon if your connection if you feel stable maybe you'd be better fit for answering why i shall overcome is something like the difference between i shall overcome and we shall overcome as we sing these songs like what that means and like the utility of changing it to we language and why that's important because if a lot, if you look to the culture of Africa, because a lot of these um, songs come from the uh, slaves that were brought over from the Middle Passage and came to the United States, um, it integrated with the culture that they came, what they brought with them. So um, the culture is like, you know, people live in villages. So, and that's where the, you know, the whole um, phrase of it takes a village to raise a child because of the, the, the togetherness of the villages that you live with your community um you you think in that mentality where you do things for the betterment of people around you and the betterment of your community and your friends and your family so in the struggle that we had starting with you know the middle passage and um that the era of slavery and voting rights and the civil war and up, even up till now um it affects all of us all of us as a whole not just like um communities of people of color communities of all people and like i feel like we're in we're in this together all of you are in this together so like um the, the events of history that have been you know tragic have affected us all in some kind of a um some kind of a way yeah and and I would say, uh, just to kind of add my perspective of that, um, I think that was, first off, that was, like, really, really well-spoken, Tavon, and feel free to interrupt me. Yeah, honestly, like, we could leave it at that and just close the podcast. Um, but uh, feel free to, Tavon, interrupt me at any point if there's any part you want to jump in as I talk about this a little bit. But one thing that really impacted me was uh, there was a time for a while, about a year, that I, I attended a predominantly African-American uh, Methodist Church, and also during that time, my fiance, who uh, Julia, who some of you know, she just graduated ceremony, and she was going through reading a lot of different. Wait, 
that just a ceremony? Divinity school. Seminary. Seminary. I just said ceremony. Oh, my gosh. Goodness. Let's be real. Part of seminary is just kind of... Yeah. The, the pomp and circumstance. Ceremony. Ceremonious. Is that a... Is that a... Ceremonious is a word, yeah. Sanctimony. Um, I don't know. It, yeah. Anyways, she, gradu- she, was, she's, she just finished seminary. And uh, she was actually making me read things like James Cone and stuff like that, and Dolores Williams, and some really uh, uh, powerful and amazing theologians that represented uh, a black perspective on theology. Yep. And something I want to clarify to people that maybe haven't, you know, really dug into theology before is that there is almost no way that we can objectively say that one thing of theology, one lens of theology, is better than another. The best way that people in an academic sense look at these things is to say these are perspectives and they're all useful and how can we use them to fulfill this whole thing? So as we kind of talk about what you might see as white theology versus black theology, just know that neither one is wrong. They're both right in in different ways and beautiful in their own ways and useful to the people that latch onto them. So as I give that caveat, um, there is something about uh, what Tavon latched onto and said in that, uh, in, in his in his speech just then, where uh, that I encountered in the church I went to, where the people at that church in this predominantly black church, uh, their salvation was intricately tied to the salvation of the people around them. Their successes were a communal success, and their failures were a communal failure. And in that. I can't help but believe, Tavon, correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of that ties back to the history you're talking about of African culture as well as the unity that was found in bondage and slavery over the hundreds of years of oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What, um, go ahead. That's what, that's what it comes from for me and for all people that I know. Um, I, 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 I part of my faith tradition is still you know very you know in that realm yeah christian christianity whereas i i don't think that i don't need to like like make a bridge or really completely transition from one thing to the next i feel it's like still there yeah um it's still there even though i may not participate in it it's still a very big part of my culture and my history and um because the life of Jesus also very um, is closely and like the way he treated people, the things he said, and ultimately, like his mission is very tied to um, the black, the black or African American experience. Yeah, totally. And and so when you take that, um, and and you compare that it, biblically, you read into that through the story of of Israel as a nation and the way that uh, there was a a community that together had a united relationship with God, and then you get into a Western white perspective of things, which is heavily influenced by a lot of American ideals um, that have to do with individual responsibility, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, things like that, personal responsibility, which are an important part of what a lot of white people have experienced as their culture over the years. And yeah, the Israelites were yeah, go ahead. the Israelites were freed from slavery. Yes. Oh, we were we were freed from American slavery. The um people, Jesus, the people were healed and delivered from sickness and miracles still happen. Jesus still does that. It's 
um, the, the Jesus legacy from the beginning of when he came, you know, up until he, we brought it now into the 21st century, well after, you know, Pentecost in the first century church, you know, Acts and reading the book of Acts. That's, that's still relevant. That's still there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Totally. And so, so what you see often is that here is even in contemporary music, which is, you know, not gospel music per se, um, but contemporary modern worship music on a global scale, what you see is a lot of white churches use songs that use I language because they're tied to that theology and they want their worship, even in a corporate you together gathering to reflect that. Whereas that the thing that gospel really latches onto in a cool way, uh, that collective unity, uh, collective sanctification, if you want to call it that, that collective salvation, um, that is really reflected here in songs like We Shall Overcome. So, yeah, Tavon, thank you so much for offering that personal piece of history lesson and, and also your personal perspective on this and your faith as well. You're, you're more than welcome. Do the pastors have anything to say to that? I know I just kind of had a soapbox moment. No, I think it was great. I really loved what you had to say about theology. I think, I think that's exactly right. And uh, we often act like, in these situations that these are opposed ideas, you know, but they're really not. And if we could all get to a place where we could just listen and learn from each other, learn from each other to experience and appreciate each other's experience, I think we're going to be a lot closer to heaven. Amen to that. Yeah. Trevor, anything to add yourself? I don't want to talk after the three of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope that wasn't too much of a soapbox. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's 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 my thoughts on gospel music. I no, think I think it, it's wonderful, and yeah. I think that's why I, I really deeply appreciate you, Austin. Because a, and I'm just gonna be honest, there's a lot of white people who wouldn't go to a black church. And and Tavon, too, you know, you have come, you brought your culture and shared who you are with our church. And there's a lot of people who wouldn't do that either. And that's what we need. I just think we need more of that. We need more of of sharing ourselves, of willing to go outside of our comfort zone and connecting with people in different communities and different expressions and just loving people for who they are. You know, I think some people think diversity or we can't, or to get rid of all of our problems is to ignore diversity and everything's the same, but really it's, it's more about appreciation of the unique the differences that each of, each of us have and, and say, yeah, that may not be who I am, but I can appreciate you and who you are and where you come from. Yeah, I've heard these things. This, the tagline that someone told me at one point was that church is the most segregated hour in the world. Would That's, that person be Martin Luther King Jr.? Because that might be who said that. I think it was another podcast that was quoting MLK. <laughs> <laughs> so. it's, a, it's an often quoted thing, and it's true. It's, it's true. And I think as we need to think of, as we look forward to our churches, our schools should reflect our community. I mean, our, our schools, our, our churches should reflect our schools in our community. And I'm thankful that I live in a neighborhood that is pretty diverse. And I'd have to say that, that unfortunately, we haven't met the goals of our diversity that we'd like to at Rockbridge to this point. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I, I would add also for people that are sitting here feeling, if, if you feel pressure or something like that, or, or wonder how to make this happen or something, uh, there's again this this kind of thing church is a worship experience right 
the whole thing is is uh, designed for us to come together for a greater purpose while also being spiritually fed individually. Um, there's a unique tension in that. Uh, and you are allowed to worship the way you want to worship. I mean, that's a lot of the reason that uh, maybe if you're sitting in a predominantly white church and, um, you know, you don't see a lot of people of, of different experiences and backgrounds and ethnicities coming to your church. Maybe it's because they don't want to worship the way you're worshiping. And it's okay. Just like you haven't gone to their church. Like, that's okay. You're allowed to do that. Um, but it is yeah, cool. I remember. Yeah, go ahead, Tavon. I remember, I remember speaking to President David once and... I said that, like, you know, I might, you know, might not, might not look like um, most of the people that I go to church with. You, you find us everywhere. Um, uh, you find us in the Orthodox Church. You find us in the Episcopal Church. You find us in any church. Isn't that, um, it, that though that may be unusual to lots of people because you think you want to stick to your time, but like, I feel like I had, I had to have a conversation. I, I chose to, and I was like, okay, well. I don't think that should matter and it doesn't and I'm loved and I'm appreciated and I bring I would say the worship spice because like my you know my style of worship is just very out there and people come up to me all the time and I don't say thank you I say glory to God because my worship is not about me so, yeah. oh I love that it is, it is fun to have and I, I know y'all have experienced because he's come to good news too but it's really fun to have the energy that Tavon brings to a church, um, and we do. We we tell people all the time, worship in the way that brings you closer to God. And, and Tavon does a great job doing that. But, uh, and I, think I we'd I, need to go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, I was, no, no. Good. I was just saying we probably need to move towards uh, wrapping up today, unless unless you got something else to say. I was just going to encourage people to uh, that experience I had. At, two of my favorite worship experiences ever were the time period that I went to that uh, to the predominantly Black Methodist church. And uh, another one was when my fiance interned at a uh, bilingual church, Spanish, and we I attended a bilingual service where we were singing the same songs in two different languages, and the expression of worship was so different from anything I'd experienced. And so those ways where maybe it view, you view it as uncomfortable, I think that that discomfort is actually a good thing in worship and in theology in general and, and in approaching the gospel and in approaching Jesus because it teaches us so much more about how big God is. If, if God and Jesus can be this figure in this way to this other pe group of people that I don't usually interact with or I don't worship with, then that just makes God even bigger. And he can continue to surprise you in that way. So I would encourage you, if you have an opportunity to experience that kind of thing of worshiping outside of your comfort zone, I would definitely challenge people to do it. Uh, yeah, it, it depends on where you go. Depends on, like, let's say if I bring someone I know to Bethel, um, some women, they'd be a little bit, um, I don't want to start shocked at first because of the way um, we, worship, we worship loud. Um, <laughs> hands in the air, foot stomping, hand clapping, shouting. They're not used to that, but I mean, I mean, if, like you said, like if you like get out of your comfort zone, and you'll learn that like worship is worship regardless of how expressive yeah. it, it might be. Amen to that. David, do you have something to say too? Uh, I completely forgot, but I just want to say I'm so sorry that uh, Tavon's. Uh, internet wasn't uh, a little more connected throughout the whole thing because he had so many great things to say and uh yeah something's wrong with my phone <laughs> uh but it's, it just hasn't been hasn't been good and, and so it'll be a fun job for austin to edit this 
Yes. So there's some stuff that I'll try and keep as much in as possible. Uh, that if y'all have a hard time hearing it, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna do my best. But uh, yeah. Thanks again, Tavon, for the wonderful things that you had to say. It was really, really great having your perspective here. Thank you. Yeah. You're yeah, welcome. welcome. We would have loved more of it too if it hadn't been so like so many issues. And of course, now it's working just fine. But. <laughs> Um, well, that's it. Uh, any closing thoughts from anyone else before I wrap it up? Okay. Yeah, I need to go get the smoker going. All right, all right. We got grilling to do. So, um, what are you making me for dinner? <laughs> what am I doing for no, dinner? No, what are you making me for dinner? What are you making uh, me for dinner? I have. Uh, uh, this is awkward. I've got beer can chicken going on the smoker, uh, and it's got to sit there for two hours smoking. Um, nice. So. All right. Well, we'll get you to it. Well, thank you all once again for tuning into this podcast. I hope it was really useful for you. I know it's always fun for us to have this discussion. Um, oh, we got kids. This is my first time on a podcast, by the way. There we go. Ah, well, Tavon, you did great. Awesome. Hopefully it's the first of many. You have a lot of great things to say. Um, well, we, we, we thank you all for listening and we'll uh, catch you next week. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>